When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Bookmarked is brought to you by Libro FM. Get two books for the price of one with your first month of membership using the code BOOKSTACKED. Again, use promo code BOOKSTACKED when you start your membership at Libro.fm. Or check the show notes for a quick link to get started. Offer only valid for new members in the US and Canada. Everyone, you are listening to Bookmarked, a YA book podcast from Bookstacks.com. My name is Saul, and today I'm joined by Brigitte. Hi, everyone. We wanted to get in a final book club discussion before we close down the website, which is, I can't believe we're finally here. We're down to the last, really the last couple of weeks. Feels like it went by really fast. Too fast. Not enough time for, honestly, me to read this book and uh, for us to record and edit. (laughs) And also, I might have been a little overly ambitious with some of our end of the year content. I think I put a lot on my plate, (laughs) but I I hope it's good. Some of it's already been published. uh, So if you're listening to this, do go ahead and check out bookstacks.com. I wrote up a whole series about just kind of like my experience running the site and just shared some different like tips and things that I learned along the way. And so it's been it's been quite a journey. Uh, if you have a moment, take a look at that. And then we've still got a lot more content coming out, like end of the year sort of information, like best books. Um, Brigitte has helped a little bit with that as one of the reviewers of the site. Can't wait. In the meantime, uh, we have been reading Bloodmarked by Tracy Dion. This is the sequel to Legendborn, which was, I mean, you probably know Legendborn already. It was a huge book a couple of years ago so this is a pretty big sequel Uh, and it was one of our early book club picks so it feels a little bit appropriate to return to this series return to this author for our final book club pick ever actually i'm going to be totally honest i finished it about 10 minutes ago (laughs) i driving (laughs) driving back from a friend's place uh listening to the last 10 minutes on audiobooks we've had it for a while but it's just kind of been challenging to at least for me, it was challenging to try and fit in the time to to get it done, especially with all of the end of the year, end of the site content that we've been working on. Yeah, I finished it um, a couple days, no, a few days after it came out because I thought we were going to, I knew we were, at the time we were going to do the podcast soon after it came out. So I just got it. I couldn't really get through the paper uh, copy or the ebook that we got because I'm in a little bit of a reading slump in that area. So I just bought the audiobook and I pretty much fed my way through it. So your opinions are probably going to be a lot fresher than mine. <laughs> well, and then the problem with this, and I do this way too often, is I'm still processing everything. 
<laughs> so um, I might not have super solid thoughts on it. But uh, honestly, actually, I listened to the bulk of it two weeks ago. Um, I saved the last two hours for today. Um, not necessarily on purpose, but again, just with all the stuff that's been going on with Bookstack, I took like a bunch of time off the other day just writing a ton of content. And so that's where my focus has been. But I listened to the final couple of hours today. I I thought it was great. Really enjoyed the ending. But yeah, we're going to dive in. Brigitte and I have one or two takeaways each that we might want to share. And with that said, because it's a book club episode, there are going to be spoilers. We're not holding anything back here. We're assuming that you have also read the book. If you haven't, these two books, this series has been one of my favorites I've seen in a long time personally. So I would highly recommend it. Obviously, go read Legendborn first if you hadn't, then pick up Bloodmarked. So I think with that said, let's go ahead and jump in. So in order to get to Bloodmarked, I listened to uh, Legendborn on audio because I only barely remembered what was happening. And I really wanted to get the specifics uh, right. And I thought that um, I remembered how much Brie was grieving and how important her identity was to her. And uh, I think that really helped me going into the second book because those are still big themes. And I really appreciated the way Tracy Dion handles them and handles Brie healing and Brie finally accepting help and accepting that she can be she can be vulnerable in her grief, which is still very strong, in front of others. And as far as identity goes, I really liked how she played off the African-American part of Bree's identity and her kind of the, the Arthurian ancestry from the slave owner plots that was revealed in the last book. And particularly, I liked her how Bree interacted with her ancestors and especially in the end where she says, like her ancestor, uh, Vera, I think it was, says that, you know, this is a gift. You are a weapon. You will avenge us. So this is the whole line of mothers and daughters uh, since Vera bound them together. And uh, so in the end, I really like that Brie turned that around and said that, no, this is actually this is a curse for us. I thought that was a very powerful moment for the character. I did not expect it because like the trope in YA is that, yeah, it's a family gift, whatever, a chosen one. So it's a really, it was really interesting to see it from a perspective of it's actually, Brie feels like it's a curse. And then leading into the final kind of climax, um, with this in mind, it hits a lot harder and, or it hits a lot, yeah, it hits a lot harder what Arthur did to Brie in the end. So more than the plot itself, I really appreciated what Tracy Dion did with characters, character relationships, and how that all came to impact Brie as our main character. I totally agree with you. Not to say that the story and the plot isn't compelling. I actually, there's a lot that I like about it. There's some great action sequences. Um, it's got a bit of like a thriller vibe in some parts, you know, they're on the run and they're just, they're being chased down. And I really enjoy all of those fast paced narrative type of things. But what is so great about Tracy Dion's writing is the way she's able to hone in on the themes and messages and ideas that she's trying to send. And I agree with you, like a big part of that is just identity. And also how does that fit into, into your, your familial 
heritage. That was, I think, just like you, that was my big takeaway from this. Uh, obviously, it's in the first book, but then it's even it feels even more present in the second one, just like the emphasis on ancestry and how the magic system is tied to your ancestors and everything. And for me, like when I started off, I think kind of like you, I had a little bit of like a a reader's journey in terms of where I was expecting this to go. Because from the very beginning, I'm already like, oh, this is a lot of fun. There are going to be all these ancestral ties. And that's such a neat concept. And like how cool that she can pull power from from the women who came before her. Right. And I I really liked that idea. I wasn't thinking at the time she's not only going to be pulling the energy from those people like we obviously don't. We, we inherit the good things from our families. Right. But we also inherit the bad things from our families. And um, <laughs> I I wasn't thinking about that as as I started reading the book. But like you said, as the story progresses, as Brie understands certain things, you really come to recognize that fact that, yes, there's a lot of power to be pulled from your ancestry and your heritage. But oftentimes there are also difficult things that need to be confronted as well. and. Uh, I thought that was just brilliant. And I loved that Tracy Dion was able to really, I don't know, I just I'm like amazed that she can take these things, these concepts that apply to us in real life, like like ancestry type of family history type of stuff. I know I, I grew up in a culture where that's that's very important to look back on your ancestors, but she's able to like put it in this fantasy setting where it just makes sense and where it really causes you to to try and think about the good, but also the bad that has come from from your ancestors. No, yeah, I agree. And I really liked how this kind of the ancestry also allowed us a deeper look into the magic system when they go on to the, the, uh, the sanctuary. That was just beautiful. And the way it was set up and how the magic worked in it. I mean, we got a little glimpse when she went to that, um, what is it, a tavern? I guess you could call it a bar in uh, Georgia. Like the, like the club I, or whatever. That, um, yeah, yeah, the club. I don't know what you how, call it. How am I spacing on his name? I have it written out. Valik? Valik? <laughs> yes. He was a great um, character. Just just throwing that out. I loved, I loved his character. I loved what he did. And I really liked that we were kind of introduced to this more free idea of magic. Because before that, we only had two types. And then... We went to the the sanctuary and that was just I thought that was a beautiful setting and I thought it was a beautiful bunch of scenes uh, and chapters. And I I dare say I would have liked her to spend more time there. I think it would have been I it would have slowed down the pace of the book, but I think it would have been a nice change of pace for the characters and the reader. Because at that point, you're just fast scene after fast scene, kind of they're on the run. You're always they're always looking uh, over their shoulder kind of thing. And uh, I do appreciate a little pause in books. Yeah, I just I just like how mindful I feel like Tracy Dion has been through all of this, because even like. Like we were talking about the themes, but even the settings reinforce those themes, like you you mentioned with like the graveyard and everything and just how they they are taking this place of like sorrow and sadness, but they've turned it into a sanctuary that where they can find solace in each other, where they can kind of sort of reclaim, I guess, 
the things that were taken from them, their humanity and their, their families and, and everything. I just, yeah, it, she's so intentional in everything that she's doing. And, and I just think it's, I just think it's great. No, I was going to say she really delivers a very uh, powerful punch through kind of honing in on her message through everything, the characters, the magic system, the setting, all that there. Are, I don't think, I can't think of many books that do this with all of their, um, like all, all aspects of the book. So I think that also really sets out, uh, sets it apart compared to other series, books, uh, authors. No. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, they're definitely out there. Like not to say that all authors don't do that, but she, she is one of the, the great ones. I think like that, that, that's what I'm realizing about Tracy Dion is she, she understands that so well. And she, she has the talent for, for that. And yeah, I, I totally agree. Speaking of all that, I, I, like you mentioned, I thought it was so interesting. The, the magic system here, that's the thing too. I, I've mentioned before, I, took Brandon Sanderson's writing class three times <laughs> in college. Um, he's really big on magic systems. Everybody knows him for that thing. But, uh, you know, I and I think he's great at it. But like, gosh, Tracy Dion is even able to take the, the magic system and, and make it work. To, like it has meaning. There, there's something there to be learned. And I thought it was so interesting to learn about the three different types of magic systems. You know, you have the borrowing, which is the root crafters. They don't own the magic and they're all about balance. And then you have bargains, which is sort of what we learn about Vera throughout this whole, this whole book, um, that you can bargain with your ancestors, but you know, that bargain is going to come with a cost in the, in the case, uh, for Brie, she's blood marked, uh, as we learn. And then of course you can steal magic, which is the blood crafters. Um, this is the legend born. This is Arthur. Such an interesting concept when you think about like colonialism and and just the way that they like it plundered the world and took things from people and it's just it's just so interesting and to me it was really interesting to to learn more about these and I think especially the the big one that we we really were introduced to was the bargaining and the whole twist with with Breeze uh, with Vera and and the deal that she made with the Shadow King. Um, what did you think about? that twist and i guess especially the end because the, the ending is we see brie doing something similar but this time it's it's for herself um well i was surprised i think that uh kind of anchoring her magic system into things that her readers would be somewhat familiar with everyone's heard of arthur most people who read fantasy might have come across kind of bargaining crossroad devils all that um the root craft was new to me but that also has kind of reflects real practices so i thought that uh with this familiarity i thought that it was a really good twist i think it fits the story Uh, i think it also opens up a lot of kind of um avenues for the third book and i'm really excited to see both what happens with brie what she does with her gift and what happens with the other characters because um nick he's on the run he's is he having a mental breakdown is he did he have a mental breakdown and is he now just 
kind of evil. I mean, when he rescues Bree, we realize that it's not as bad as we were led to believe earlier, right after he killed... Who was it that he killed? I One of the don't remember his name, but that's a pretty <laughs> intense scene, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then... And, and I really want to see what happens with Selwyn, who is just... He's just a demon now. In this whole book, Selwyn also uh, is... I would say almost a main character. He kind of he plays off Brie often. We see them fight. We see them come together. And then we see her make a choice for herself that leaves him behind while taking into account that she can fix him. Or she can at least try to fix what she's done. Essentially, he sacrifices humanity for her. So I'm really excited to see where that goes. I think it's a very they're gonna have a very complex relationship going forward whether it ends up being romantic whether it doesn't end up being romantic and i'm also really interested to see how that is gonna play off with nick whether or not nick is actually gonna be the kind of end game romantic interest as we were led to believe in the first book Based off previous experiences with books, he's either going to die or they're going to kind of end up as friends. You think, but, you think that of Nick? That Nick is going to die? Yes, I think that of Nick. But I've, I mean, Tracy Dion surprised me with every, most tropes that she uses, she kind of subverts. So I don't know. <laughs> I kind of. I don't know crossed, what happened. <laughs> it crossed my mind that maybe Cell will die eventually, actually. I don't know. I, but it could be either. I, it, who, who's I don't to say? know. It's just, it's, it's very nice to have a book be surprising. Yeah. You know, because if you've read all the, if you've read the tropes again and again, yeah, you can, I, I don't know. I can often see where a story is going. So it's delightful to be surprised. It's, oh, it's one sure. of my favorite things when I come across books. And the characters are just great, too. Like, Nick and Sal were, are both fascinating. I wish we had gotten a little bit more of Nick, more of Nick in this one. Um, obviously, he's not, you know, it, it works for the plot. He's not present. Um, I, I am hoping that we do get to see a lot more of him in the third one because he was he was gone so much for this, this second one. I also really liked Alice. I, I liked Alice a lot in the first book. Like, you can just tell she's a solid friend. And I was hoping that her role would be expanded, and it was, um, which was great. I She doesn't have much of like a story arc, but she's just the good friend who's there to be supportive. And I'm a little excited because of, I mean, I feel bad for her where she's at right now, um, I think in a coma at the end of this book. But hopefully that means that Tracy Dion is going to be spending a little bit more time with this character in the third book, and maybe we'll see Alice um, overcome some trials or challenges or something like that would be the time for her character to really shine and I guess sort of grow into her own is, is what I'm hoping and thinking. Yeah, I think you know, when Alice uh, was hurt, I thought it would be it's going to be extremely interesting to see how her relationship with Brie changes, not from Alice's side necessarily but for, because now Brie is going to have to carry this guilt that she did it to her. And I really want to see how, should Alice survive, and I really hope she does, how they will get over that. Because I do think Tracy Dion is going to do that 
justice. She didn't just sideline Alice for anything. I think for nothing. And I think it's, it's got a purpose. And I really hope it's got a purpose because I really like Alice. I think so. I, that's, that's the vibe I'm getting. I think, I think there's a plan for her and I'm excited to see what that is. We, we are pretty short on time. And like I mentioned, this is just going to be a short little book club discussion. I do want to ask though, before we wrap up, another character that we really get to know in this, in this book is Arthur, Arthur himself. And just all of those, it was, those scenes were so interesting. And in, in my opinion, one of the best parts of the book, especially how Bree is able to manipulate his memories and just sort of communicate through Nick and ev- and, ev- and everything through that really cool idea. What what did you think about Arthur? Did, did he surprise you in any way? Especially considering that this I mean, is the- one of those characters who has, he's not original to Tracy Dion. He has shown up in, um, there are so many reincarnations of King Arthur. I think um, the ending definitely surprised me. Because usually Arthur is this kind of paragon of goodness, whatever. He's he's always the perfect character, like golden uh, golden boy king kind of thing. So I really like everything that happened leading up to the climax. Him manipulating her, him taking over her body, kind of his uh, fight with the Morganes, where the Morganes just there there's they stay black and white that, you know, he has to, his line has to end. What he's doing isn't right. Um, so I really like how Tracy Dion is showing that Arthur, even though he is kind of fighting for the greater goods, is actually a villain because he's not doing it the right way. He's hurting the world. He's hurting his descendants. The order is not a good thing that's what we learn at the end i think it's going to be extremely interesting going into the third book what arthur does keeping this in mind and whether or not he goes on a i guess slight redemption arc where the order does survive or it's just completely gone i i honestly don't know (laughs) no yeah i i agree with you i I just got a bad vibe from him from the beginning. I think it's the way, and again, this is great writing because it's the way he talks, right? It's not like Tracy Dion's coming out and saying black and white, they're explicitly in the text. King Arthur is is a crappy dude. But you just get the sense of it from the way he talks to Bree about his descendants. And it's he's he's using them. They're there for a specific purpose, and that's how he sees them. He sees them as tools, as as utilities. He doesn't see them as individuals. Um, and you get that sense from the way he talks and the way he addresses Brie and the way he references everyone else. Uh, but you're right. It's at the end where you really see him lean into that and where that comes into play. And yeah, it was that again, another really great climactic scene as well. Like the ending was exciting. I just, I love a good ending and she really delivers on this one. You, you really caught Arthur turning earlier than I did because I was reading that and I was like, oh, he's going to be the good guy again, you know, kind of picking up on all of the Arthur reincarnations I've read. I was like, okay, well, I guess he's a little confused about her because she's black and she's a woman um, and she's young and stuff like that. But uh, apparently not. 
Well, I don't think I'm not I don't very perceptive. I I know that. I was still surprised at the end when he turns on her in that way. I thought, like I I I didn't necessarily think she was going to make him full out full villain. I just kind of thought the way she was describing him was in a way where he he's not the greatest person, right? And I thought she was going to leave mm-hmm. it at that, but she really she really steps it up a notch at the end, and I was a bit surprised to to see that. So. Anyway, I it's a great book. I, I think it's a great book. Yeah. <laughs> um, a little bummed that uh, we won't be around for when the the third book comes out. But obviously, if you're listening to this and of course, this is true of ourselves, we can still pick it up and, and read it, fortunately. Um, but yeah, it's wow. This is the last book club. I mean, I really enjoyed the book club, honestly. I, I mean, it was kind of later in our in our podcast and websites life, but I thought it was pretty fun. Um, one of the things we wanted to do when we sat down to do the book club was we wanted to focus on marginalized voices and authors. Uh, I think, I think that's been just such a great, great thing to do. In my opinion, some of the best books that I have read in the last few years have all been our book club picks. Uh, there were so many good ones. I was there. Is there one in particular that stands out for you, Brigitte? Um, did we do a book club on Iron Widow? I think we did. We did. We did do Iron Widow last year. Yeah. Yeah, Iron Widow still stands out to me as just such a great book. Um, I can't wait for the sequel. I will definitely be rereading it to get to the sequel because. Zhao released the cover of their sequel a few months ago, I want to say, maybe last month. I think it's beautiful. I can't wait. Yeah, it looks stunning. So that's the one that stands out. Yeah. And I think there's a movie adaptation in the works. So let's, I mean, there's there's a movie adaptation in the works for every book at some point. Um, It's a matter of do they, does it actually air? Um, So hopefully we will get to see Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, that that was a surprising book. That if you're when you talk about surprises, that one was <laughs> <laughs> every other page was filled with them. I'm having a hard time choosing between Concrete Rose and All My Rage by Saba Tahir. Both of those books were really solid for me, but that's a good problem to have when you have read too many good books <laughs> and you can't decide which one's better. That's definitely true. Well, I think we're gonna call it here. Uh, thank you for joining us for this final book club or all the book clubs if you if you you stuck with the ride the whole way i would just even though we're not going to be continuing this any further um would really just encourage you to take the time and and support uh, marginalized authors uh people of color lgbtq you know all all these voices the the world is i will say when i look at bookstacked and when it, the person i was at the beginning of this whole experience and who i am 9 years later one of the things bookstacked is taught me is how to embrace and appreciate the diversity of of the world and of people and i think ya has is really a great space for that because um not to say that everything's perfect but i do see a lot of people championing that and there are just so many great stories out there so just don't sleep on them go go pick them up go continue to read these stories they're they're amazing I uh, I agree. I think that YA especially has diversified in the last, uh, I'd say, decade, definitely the last five years, and kind of getting to know how other cultures view the world, I guess. 
it's uh, for example with with Leg- the Legendborn series, you do think about the how America got started um, and everything, and the the kind of the very like bad parts of the past. Uh, and I think that diversifying YA also ends up with uh, diversifying its uh, readers. And I also think that representation is great. <laughs> I've seen a lot of people say that they really like the fact that they can finally see themselves in a book, and I think that's amazing. Really want more of that for everyone out there. Yes. Well said. Well, I think we're going to wrap up here. We have one more podcast episode we will be releasing. That'll be out. Um, I believe next week. So uh, please join us for that final episode. And again, thank you for sticking with us all this time. Until then, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.